Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Well, good morning again. Uh, It is still February the 3rd, 2023, and I'm still Carmen LaBerge, and this is still Mornings with Carmen on Faith Radio. So even though yesterday was Groundhog Day, mm -hmm, yeah, we're still doing this today. So we're still bringing the mind of Christ to bear on the issues of the day, um, and we are still seeking to be faithful um, representations, representatives of Christ to the world that he so loves. So let's walk our faith out into the world that God so loves, and let's do so in ways that honor Jesus. That's going to require that we cultivate the mind of Christ on the matters of the day. And so um, let's bring let's bring the church into view here for just a moment. Um, so there are lots of folks pointing um, pointing around and saying, "Hey, these these trends in the American church are all pointing in a really negative direction." Um, well, that that's always dependent on who you're asking and what you're looking at. So, yes, is it true that thousands of churches across the United States of America are closing? Is it true that every mainline denomination now, now that the uh, United Methodists are dividing themselves up again, um, is it true that every mainline denomination has uh, has endured um, in the last 20 or so years uh, major reorganization and division. Yes, but that division has produced multiplication for many of them. And so that's a part of this conversation as well. How does God um, multiply multiply the church, capital C, um, by the multiplication of churches, small c? Like, are we even counting house churches and the house church movement when we're counting, quote, houses of worship in the United States of America? Like, we're probably only counting organized, quote unquote, organized or authorized churches that are 501c3s. Like, right. So it's just a big conversation about the church. So when we talk about church, we talk about the gathering together of God's people. When we talk about the body of Christ manifest in the world today, what are we talking about? Who are we talking about? Where are we talking about those churches gathering? What do they look like? Um, And so right now, there are not only churches closed, but closing across the country um, and, and at a very rapid pace. And so in all likelihood, you have a church facility, a church building, a church property um, for sale near where you live. In fact, you should Google it. Um, This is a good like exercise of learning what's happening in your own community, city, state, and nation. Churches for sale near me. Like, just Google that and find out what it says. Um, and then, you know, like, uh, what does that mean? And how does God feel about that? And how should those spaces and places be used? Um, what's the future of those individual congregations? Or maybe the congregation of which you are now a part. Maybe you've watched it dwindle over time, and what used to be a really robust, active congregation is now 
um, a few elderly people trying to what? Keep the doors of the church open, keep the lights on, keep the insurance uh, payments up, um, you know, keep keep the facility maintained. Is that the church? Is that I mean, these are hard questions. These are real questions. These are hard questions to ask. And I think it's really important to recognize that when we look at the book of Acts and we look at the churches, the local congregations that exist in that day, existed in that day, those local congregations do not persist into the present. But the church, capital C, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the household of God, the communion of saints, the priesthood of all believers, the living stones built together, the called and sent people of God, the redeemed of the Lord, yeah, billions of us billions of us. So the church is, as we like to say in the South, a going Jesse. Like, you don't need to worry about the future of the church, capital C. Um, God has already described her in Revelation. She is persistent. She is exultant. Um, She is triumphant. Now, in her scattered, often disorganized, what we like to call organized um, varieties or various various varieties of churches, small c, yeah, they come and go. They do. It's true. And they're coming and going across the landscape of America. So um, what does that look like where you live? How are you feeling about that? Um, This is a generational conversation. This is a urban rural conversation. This is a coastal versus middle of the country conversation. This is a conversation um, about the need for revival and the way it comes. And so I want to highlight for you that the Jesus Revolution movie is going to be in theaters in just a couple of weeks. And who knows? Who knows? Um, Barna Research is telling us that there's a huge spiritual appetite, huge spiritual appetite among uh, young adults and emerging generations here in the United States of America. There's a, there's a great rising spiritual openness among emerging generations, even as older congregations are closing their doors. Maybe we're going to have another Jesus revolution. It's going to radically change the face of American Christianity, but that's okay. Because you can't put new wine into old wineskins. We're going to talk with Paul AC from Focus on the Families Plugged In about some things that are happening in the culture and what's happening on the big and the small screen. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBerge, and this is Faith Radio. Lacey is back from Focus on the Family's Plugged In. You can find much of what we're talking about today at PluggedIn.com, but you can also find um, much more, including great reviews. We we gave Paul an assignment the last time he was here, and he's already done it. That's amazing. I've checked your homework. It's already done. It's already done. Study Hall, a YouTube channel that you actually thought would be great to have as a review. We now have a review up. I, I have to say I can't take full credit. Kennedy Unthank, one of our great workers at Plugged In, actually wrote it up. But but I was so happy to get it up there because it sounds like a really interesting channel. Totally interesting. Yes, uh, it's a very uh, it's a it's a YouTube channel. You can read the review of it at pluggedin.com. dot um, Up there at the little you know the little search thing, the little 
um, what do you call that, magnifying glass. Click on that, type in the word study hall. Um, might be the easiest way um, for you to find it. But it'll also be in my show notes today. I'm going to drop the direct link to Plugged In's review of the Study Hall YouTube channel um, into today's show notes. Um, let's talk about digital de-aging. I think I like this. I think that I like <laughs> that I could look younger forever and ever. <laughs> you know, I think it, it would be really cool, actually, if I could de-age myself actually have a full head of hair, I would be very, very excited about getting my hair back. But yeah, it's a thing. Uh, apparently, there is this uh, this movie called Here, which is starring Tom Hanks, Robin Wright. Uh, the, the entire movie takes place in a little tiny apartment, um, and but it takes place over the course of many, many, many years. And, and they have decided to de-age uh, both, both Hanks and Wright uh, with this new tool. It's called Metaphysics Live. Uh, and they're able to, to pull back back the clock and watch as they age it's even they're even able to to age in some way in close to real time because they say that the actors can actually look at themselves and make acting choices depending on how their younger selves look uh it's a very very strange thing and you know it hair aside I have kind of mixed feelings about this, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I, because obviously we can't de-age in real life. I'm not sure if I want to be reminded of just how, how young and handsome I once was. This is an interesting, um, like maybe, maybe there's a Christian out there who wants to sort of play around with this and I don't know, imagine what our perfected selves will look like. Ooh, wow. That's I mean, very I, interesting. I don't know. There you go. Well, you know me. I'm always trying to come up with work for other people because I'm certainly not <laughs> I'm certainly not going to be the one to do that. Okay. Talking about fakery, um, when we come back from a very brief break, will you read us in on deep voice fakes? We think we know. We think we know to expect um fake videos. Uh, deep fakes in terms of videos. But will you help us understand what deep voice fakes are next? I will do my best. Fantastic. We're talking with Paul Acey in his regular voice, nothing fake about it, and in real time from Focus on the Families, PluggedIn.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Continuing our conversation with Paul Acey, you can find him and what he's working on at PluggedIn.com. Um, all right, Paul, I just confess to you that um, the whole idea that somebody's voice would be so iconic that we would need to keep dubbing it even after they had, for one reason or another, lost their voice, even potentially 
no longer here, but that we would be able to now generate uh, speech as if in their voice, as if they had said it when, in fact, they had not. Talk with us about deep voice fakes. It is crazy stuff, Carmen. Uh, you know this this technology has has been with us for a while, but probably the 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 newest manifestation of it is uh, this this tech startup called Eleven Labs. Actually, launched just a few days ago. Just a, just a few days ago, they they pushed out a, a tool called Prime Voice AI, uh, which allowed people to to give uh, them a chance to mimic celebrities' voices or to change their own. Uh, in just a few days, it was really misused. <laughs> they they have now these deep fakes, these audio deep fakes of of celebrities. You know, Joe Rogan, Emma Watson saying these incredibly racist things. Uh, so you are able to 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 mimic somebody's voice and make them say something that they would have never ever said in real life. Now, I, just as we were talking a little bit about about de aging, you know, there's some appealing things to this technique. Technology for me, I have always kind of wanted to have a much deeper James Earl Jones voice. I always thought that would be super cool. Uh, but at the same time, they say scientists say that that voices are linked to our memories of people more than anything else. Uh, the voice of a of a gone loved one can trigger our emotions, can trigger our memories of that person, like not even a picture can. Uh, it's incredible how powerful the human voice is, and so when you have the ability to manipulate it as we now do, uh, that can cause a whole bunch of problems. Not only uh, can it get people in trouble for things they never, ever said, uh, but I think it can even sort of mess with our identity a little bit. I don't know if that's overreach, but but I think that it can get into that place where we don't know exactly who we are anymore. Um, hearing is actually uh, one of the last two senses that we lose before death. Um, the the very last one being our sense of physical touch, like uh, physically being able to feel that someone's touching us. But the one the one that persists um, equally as long is our ability to hear. And so um, I, I I do think this is significant. I think it's important. Um, I think this also this question of whether or not I can trust what I'm seeing, deep fake mm -hmm. videos, that I can trust yeah. what I'm hearing. Um, th that's a big deal. I mean, I can see like some positive therapeutic options here, um, some very compassionate uses of this, but I can also, uh, I, I can also see terrible ways in which this would be um, right. manipulated. Yeah, absolutely. I think that we all deal, and especially if you're a teen, you deal with that sensation of of who I am, uh, who am I in relation to the world, the technology that we have, and obviously this is just one manifestation of it. But it causes us all to question the reality around us. It causes us to distrust everything that we might see or hear or read or or experience. Um, and I think that that can be really troubling, you know, because I think that that can unmoor us from not only reality of, of what's going on around us, but reality of ourselves. And, and I think that that's one of the things where, where when you talk about the, as, as the church sort of morphs into something different, uh, 
that's one of the reasons why Christianity is always such a powerful, powerful uh, element in our society is because we know that our identity is not rooted in what we see or hear or feel or touch, but mm. it is rooted in Christ. It is rooted in what Christ thinks of us. And so when we when we say, this is who I am in Christ, I think it gives us a chance to, to sort of re-anchor ourselves in a world that is sort of, we sort of distrust these days. Mm, even though I have not seen him, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah and, and, I can, and I can recognize the sound of God's voice because I have read his word. I know his yeah. character and his ways. Um, yeah. So that's really, that's really helpful. Thank you so much. Um, Netflix uh, is about to crack down on people who are using passwords for accounts that they don't own. What, what's going on here? I feel like this is like a naughtiness alert. <laughs> it is sort of a naughtiness alert. Uh, yes, Netflix is once again trying to keep people from sharing uh, Netflix accounts across households, across uh, family members, across all sorts of things. Now, how they plan to do this is a little confusing. You know, you, you, they, they've, they've announced this crackdown. They've announced a new program that will allow you at an extra cost to share your password with other households. But this isn't a notoriously difficult thing to track. Uh, so I'm not sure if anybody understands really how they will successfully crack down on this, but you know that they're trying because it's, it's hurting their bottom line, right? Um, and it will even impact a lot of us. It impacts me at work because, of course, we all share a Netflix account. How many how many computers will be we be able to use at work uh, with with our Netflix when we review Netflix stuff? So uh, this is something that I'm sure we'll all be following very closely to see uh, just how strict that'll get, and whether our sons and daughters who might live in another state can't use our password anymore. Mm. Um, so on the text line, Jody texted in and says, um, hey, Carmen, my son's voice was actually hacked and used to scam my parents out of money. I can totally 100 percent imagine that oh. happening when we talk about these deep voice fakes. So, um, Jody, so sorry to hear that. And I can absolutely imagine my parents falling for that. Like, yeah, I, I can totally imagine that. So, um, yeah, verify, verify, verify is probably um, my in, my encouragement there. And let's be alerting um, older adults who we love that this is going on out there um, and that they are being targeted. All right, on Netflix passwords, you know what? Buy your own account if you want to watch the if you want to watch the shows. There you go. All right, any movie review, any movie reviews that you feel like um, we just absolutely uh, are essential for us to know about this week. You know, we did have a lot of family. Friendly stuff come out. Uh, the Amazing Maurice has some interesting qualities to it. Uh, it's a cartoon, PG cartoon, who, that is very creative, but it's based on a book by Terry Pratchett, who is a notorious humanist. And those humanist elements come into this movie. So it's something that you would want to check out our full review on PluggedIn.com. Um, it's a very cute movie, very creative, but there are some things that, that parents might want to be aware of before they pack their kids to watch it okay i'm going to confess that in recent weeks i've seen a man uh named or called Otto. i thought it was uh, it was excellent obviously it has a couple of storylines in it that are not 
child appropriate, but the whole thing was great for conversation with our older teens. And recently also saw the Puss in Boots movie, which I'm not a big 3D fan because I get I make, they give me headaches, but I thought this one was really fun. And the character of that little dog and the fact that what's going on inside your heart like is evident yeah. and, and meaningful and like, oh, goodness, that one has provoked all kinds of conversations in our household. So there you go. Carmen's little insider scoop on what she's watching. Hey, tons of great stuff at PluggedIn.com. Lots of movie reviews, but also reviews of YouTube channels and so much more. Paul Acey, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Anytime, Carmen. Thanks. Absolutely. You can check out what Paul's writing. Uh, also at my uh, myfaithradio.com. Well, it'll be in my show notes, but at pluggedin.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LaBurge. This is Faith Radio. All right, some of you texting in about uh, the announcement made about The Chosen, episodes 7 and 8 of season 3. So those are the finale episodes of season 3 of The Chosen. Yes, they are going to be available as normal, streaming for free on The Chosen app, Sunday, February 5th at 5 p.m., Tuesday, February 7th at 7 p.m. or something like that. Anyway, they're going to drop... Um, on the app for watching free. So you should have the chosen app on your phone. But you can see them in theaters before that. So they're already released in theaters, in fact, available right now. So if you want to um, check that out, you can go to fathomevents.com. Um, so there is division among us. <clears throat> there is division among us. First Corinthians one ten reminds us, um, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you should agree. There, there should be no divisions among you. You are to be united in the same mind and the same judgment. So even in the first generation of the church, the first days of the church, there was division. That's what Paul's addressing there. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul addresses the same. Um, he's talking about urging his fellow believers to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, Eager to do what? Maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Reminding fellow believers there's one body, one spirit. Just as you were called to the one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. So we know that. We know in our heart of hearts that we are one. That we have a unity of spirit and a bond of peace with every other Christian that we stand on equal footing with every other person at creation, with every other sinner at the foot of the cross, and with every other believer in the kingdom. So if we truly possess the unity of the Spirit, the very Spirit of the living God, then why does division plague us? We don't cease to be different when we become Christians. I'm still a woman. Um, my skin is still fair. But it's also true that we are now one and the same with each other in Christ, no longer Jew or Gentile, male or female, black or white, American or non-American, slave or free. We are all one, brothers and sisters in Christ, children of God, co-heirs of the kingdom, ambassadors, agents of grace, ministers of reconciliation. We are one in the spirit. So why does division persist among us? Joining us to help us see ourselves and help us learn to love outside the lines Jimmy Rollins joins us next.
Jimmy Rollins is joining us now. You can connect with him and all of his social media. I am JimmyRollins.com. Jimmy, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Carmen, so great to be a part of this amazing broadcast. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm honored. Oh, well, thank you. You've been um, championing racial reconciliation for a number of decades. Um, you've been working on, or God has been cultivating within you, this book for 25 years. Um, t- talk with us about love outside the lines, um, what it grows out of for you, and what you know what your hope for this project is. Absolutely. Well, thank you again for having me. I, I think that, like you said, this has been a 25-year uh, journey of mine uh, to kind of love like Jesus loves. And, and I kind of stumbled on this as I read the Gospels and I see the Great Commission and I see the power of witness, you know, in, in Acts 1.8, it says, and, you know, he's given, empowered us to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts. And I think as I've, you know, matured and kind of grown in ministry, I think each and every one of us has an uttermost part, right? It's a place that it's hard to love. It's a place that it's hard to, to go. It might be a bias. It might be a preference. It might be, man, I just like, you know, to be around people that I'm comfortable with. And what I've seen is, is that with Christ, he never allowed what people, their lifestyle, their condition of their heart to prohibit the gospel message from reaching them. And so this message, love outside the lines, it's really following in the footsteps of Christ to live out this great commission to anybody, everybody, and anyone. And if we look in society, we can see so many lines, not just ethnic lines, not just generational lines or socioeconomic lines. There are lines of preference. There's lines of community. There's denominational lines. There's even lines in our biological family with unforgiveness or betrayal. And so I think that all of us could use a little bit of encouragement to just love better. And that's what this book is all about. How can I you know, mimic the footsteps in the lifestyle of Jesus Christ to love people who don't look like me, act like me, vote like me, or live near me. You have said um, there is division in our world. That that might be like uh, the understatement of the day, but there you go. There is division in our world. Lines have been drawn. But as the family of God, it's our job to sit at the table and have a family discussion Um, Whether you feel like you're a part of that pain or not, we are family, which means we all have the responsibility to at least show up and listen. Um, The show up and listen, you know, I think that it's impossible for any of us to not be acutely aware of that need, Um, even in the most recent of days in relationship to what is taking place. I'm I'm not going to say has taken place, is taking place in Memphis, Tennessee, in relationship to Tyree Nichols, but that's not the only storyline. That's a really essential storyline, but that's not the only one. We can put a name um, to that, but, but I can't, I can't say that in that story is every story that needs to be heard. So how do we show up and listen in, in this incredibly polarized, very hot time? Wow. Well, Carmen, I think you surmised this in your opening, talking about the division uh, in our world, not just our country, not just our families. It is hard to listen. And one of the things that I've noticed in the body of Christ, especially 
those who say they follow Christ is we would rather people know what we're against than rather what we're for. In other words, our own personal ideologies, our own personal convictions, many times we're leading conversations with those. We're posting what we're against, you know, whether how we respond to someone who is different than us is trying to convince them of our truth, of our reality, of our preference, of what we like. And I think it's hard to listen when we're doing a lot of talking. I think it's hard to listen when we're trying to convince rather than have compassion. And so when I'm thinking about how we can listen, let's first start as what you said is there's no use in having a conversation in the body of Christ unless we first establish the foundation that spiritual family is more has more gravity than biological family. In other mm-hmm. words, like you said earlier, when we give our lives to Christ, we Our brothers and sisters, the Bible speaks of being adopted. The Bible speaks of that we are citizens. The Bible speaks of, as you said in Galatians, that there there is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, black or white, American or non-American. In Christ, we are one. And so now if we adopt that thought and that mindset and accept the fact that we're brothers and sisters, even though our skin is different, we're brothers and sisters, even though our political views are different, we're brothers and sisters. Now we can sit at the table and listen as family, not listen as foes. And so I'm excited for this opportunity to help us Uh, you know, really live out this discipleship journey of first accepting that, you know what, our hair is different, our, what we eat is different, our culture is different, but in Christ, our ethnic culture is subculture to the kingdom culture. That means we're family. So in order for me to listen, I first have to lean into the fact that I'm sitting next to or across from my brother and sister. I I 100% agree um, I, in the way that you say it's impossible to make a difference if, you know, as long as I'm just still trying to make a point, um, one of the things that listeners here have heard me say in various ways and at various times is, you know, am I really interested in people experiencing and receiving the peace of the mind of Christ or just a piece of my mind? Like, right. That's so good. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, and so, but here then is, um, and I feel like I can ask you this question and you'll tell me honestly, like there, there are times that I feel like I'm just exhausting yeah. black Americans by asking them to express their pain or their frustration or tell me their story. I mean, I feel like yeah. I, I feel like there are at least some who have been asked that question, particularly by white Christians in, yeah. in, you know, in support, right. I feel like, so help me, like, I want to go and I want to listen, but then I also want to get to the place where, can we just be is are we at the place where there are some spaces and places where we can be together as brothers and sisters um, and move a step forward or are we just not there yet? Carmen, first of all, thank you for your vulnerability and transparency, because this is that's what, you know, has to happen. And I explain this in this book uh, in the chapter that says I have white friends because a lot of my uh, white friends are we're talking and having this and they have expressed that same sentiment. And so as you share that, I think we have to realize uh, that there is some warfare going on. There's some opposition going on, that the enemy does not want us to have 
conversations. And so uh, as an African-American, Black American on my side, we have to accept the fact first, if we're going to sit down and talk, that there's no such thing as justified unforgiveness. That means like as we're talking, uh, I'm not I haven't uh, uh, indicted you because of what I've experienced from other people who look like you. And I think as we're sitting down talking, the conversation can be exhausting when, uh, you know, if you're if if it's a white American talking to a black American or, or, or opposites of any, you know, culture uh, or preference is that we first have to just understand that there is paranoia going on. Like mm -hmm. I'm sitting across from you thinking, man, I wonder if she really want to hear my story. I, mm -hmm. I wonder what she really thinks about me. And all of these things are running through my head. So let's first admit that it's difficult to talk. Right. And then I think on some of my friends that have we've had these conversations, they've expressed exactly what you just said. And I think we have to realize that I told them you will never understand. I just want you to listen. Mm -hmm. I'm not asking my goal in sharing is not intended to indict you. It's tending to inform you. And as we do this, what we're saying is, is we don't have to have shared experience to share empathy. And as we begin to share empathy and have compassion for one another's journey, we, our relational equity, our relational equity turns into equality. It turns into compassion. It turns, it makes space in one another's heart for each other. And I think as we admit what's difficult, we disarm the enemy from weaponizing just normal, like fears. And so I, I'm excited about this conversation. Jimmy, first of all, let me say thank you. Um, I, I think that there is, um, there's this gift that comes when you tell me that um, I don't have to have a shared experience to share empathy because I, I actually know I can never walk in the shoes of of an African-American person, certainly not an African-American man. I, I cannot walk in your shoes. It would be absolutely silly for me to think that I could. Um, and so it helps me for you to be, for you to just say, look, I don't, I don't actually expect you to share my experience. Um, but I do, I do invite you to listen. Um, and I'm willing to do that. And I thank you, um, for this conversation and the one that you are provoking us to have um, with one another and through this book. Again, the book is Love Outside the Lines, Beyond the Boundaries of Race, Difference, and Preference. We're going to continue our conversation with Jimmy Rollins in just a moment. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. How are you preparing for the reality of Jesus's last days, his passion, Holy Week, the Last Supper, the Garden of Gethsemane, Judas's betrayal, Peter's denials, Jesus being stripped and humiliated by soldiers and falsely accused by the Jews and subjected to mock trials and ultimately crucified. How are you planning to give those events in Jesus's life the attention they deserve? That's what the season of Lent is all about. The 40 days prior to Easter are set aside to prepare ourselves to face the reality of the cross and, yes, ultimately to celebrate the reality of the empty tomb. I invite you to join us in reading through the Bible together during Lent. The study will provide a way for you to intentionally engage each day with the Word of God. You can sign up today at MyFaithRadio.com as we read through the Bible together this Lent. Today, I'm hungry and I'm ready for change. I run too far to still be the same. 
All right, if you've been listening uh, to Mornings with Carmen for any length of time, then you know that I'm not red or blue, and I am not black or white. I am kingdom-oriented and interested in kingdom advancement, and if you're here for that conversation, welcome, 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 welcome. Jimmy Rollins is here helping us have that conversation today. Um, The book is Love Outside the Lines, Beyond the Boundaries of Race, Difference, and Preference. Um, Jimmy, can we talk about new wineskins? Um, I I am very interested in um, in the conversation about new wineskins. So when I say that, what what comes to mind for you? I think it's opportunity, new opportunity, um, new foundation. Um, you know, our hearts uh, having uh, wiping the slate clean of preference of. Uh, lines of, you know, stereotypical thoughts, uh, biases. I think um, what we're saying is, is God, uh, help me break my heart for the things that breaks your heart. And so that's a prayer that I try to pray every day because it's so easy to allow what's against me or what I, I might even, you know, make up in my mind, you know, what's opposite of me. It's so easy for me to ostracize myself from those things. So Nuanskin says, God, give me new eyes, give me a new heart, give me new compassion, give me new empathy. That's what I, that's what I make up when I hear that word. So I, I probably think a little more um, organizationally than that. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking the way you're thinking here in terms of, you know, we got God is pouring out all this new wine um, and sometimes we're trying to stuff it into old wineskins and they're bursting and that doesn't work. Um, And so as God calls unto himself in Jesus, um, a new generation of people who don't look like the uh, the generation of people who might be sitting in the pews of churches across America that are dying on the vine. Um, so here's what I'm thinking. This is a little off subject because it's not in your book, but it's in my heart today. And I feel like you and I can have a real conversation. The average Christian is no longer an old white guy, but a young black woman. Um, the fact that the average Christian in the world today is a 22 year old brown female (laughs) and the average Christian in America is not a 22-year-old brown female in terms of the people that we're listening to, looking at, um, uplifting, seeking to advance. Like, I, there, there's new wine. There's a lot of yes. new wine out there. So I want to see the um, the church in America popula- that is currently populated by um, older white Americans. So here I'm talking about a lot of Protestant churches, a lot of mainline Protestant churches. They are small and they are dying and they are aging quickly. I want to Mm -hmm. see them make a generational transfer of wealth kingdom, kingdom wise. Like, I don't want to talk about reparations. I want to talk about kingdom advancement. And I want to talk about the greatest potential generational transfer of wealth that is possible when the passing generation of American Christians, which are old and white, actually get that their brothers and sisters are young and black. Wow. Wow. Can we do that? Can you help me figure that out? Like, doesn't that sound fun? It it sounds fun, but what it requires from these leaders who I have very close proximity with is a level of humility um, that I'm not sure. uh, (laughs) Well, let me say it this way. A level of humility 
that my faith wanes if they have. Mm -hmm. And I even hate to say they, because that literally polarizes my entire love outside the lines, but it's also in it a self-admittance that it's very difficult. It's very difficult when there needs to be a generational transfer of empowerment. There needs to be a mm-hmm. generational transfer of wealth. There needs to be a generational transfer of hymns in churches. There needs to be a generational transfer. But what happens is, is because there's not a lack, because there's not uh, a, a, a level of humility, the younger generation says, okay, if you don't want to give it to me, I'm going to go build something and take it and, and, right. and, and do it for myself. And then at the same time, the wisdom, we lose an opportunity to have wisdom. We lose an opportunity to have history. We lose an opportunity to have past. We lose an opportunity for a healing because if that generation would really come to a place of humility, we can empower younger white Christians, you know, because what I love about the society that we're in right now is we're in a society. If you look at culture who is, you know, blending more than ever music is styles of music are not so, you know, uh, you know, separated as they used to be. Everybody is coming together, everybody, but not in the older generation. And so I think what you're saying, man, I would, Carmen, I would love that to happen. But at the same time, uh, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to die trying, but I I hope that there be some level of togetherness generationally if we're going to experience it ethnically. Amen. Which is why I brought it up, because this is a great commission concern. Um, And if there's no humility, there's not going to be any unity. If there's not going to be any unity, then the Great Commission is going to be stifled. And I don't want to see that happen. And when you say you're going to die trying, I will say um, I'm already dead. I'll just enter into this with you as a person. Um, It's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives in me. He's the only thing I care about. His kingdom advancement is the is the primary and central concern of my life. And I don't care if people think I'm crazy because of that. Like, I don't care. Yeah. It's okay with me. So um, I, I have loved the introduction of this conversation. I want more. Um, and we're going to direct people to the book, but you and I are going to unpack this further as God gives us mutual opportunity. The book is Love Outside the Lines, Beyond the Boundaries of Race, Difference, and Preference. Jimmy Rollins is who you're looking for. I am JimmyRollins.com. Jimmy, will you come back and continue this conversation with me? 110%. Thank you. Thank you so much. What a blessing and what a gift. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge. I want you to be looking today for the lines, the lines that God is calling you to go beyond today in order to advance his kingdom. We'll be right back. All right, quick Friday farm report here. Uh, Yeah, it's a thawing mess where I live. Uh, Maybe you're still in the frozen tundra where you are, or I had a a call from a listener in Florida. Apparently, I said the other day it's cold everywhere, and he's like, "Um, hey, it's not cold here. So there you go. Wherever you're listening, let's be listening today. Um, with ears of faith. Let's be listening to the Lord our God. Get out there today. Um, appreciate what God is doing in the natural world. 
Yeah, let's focus on nature, not just the nature of things. Let's develop and cultivate the mind of Christ on the matters of the day. Let's be listening to one another. Lean into a conversation and across a line today. Um, Yeah, it's a thawing mess where I live. Yes, the possum has been disposed of. However, his teeth are still clenched to the... (laughs) with the little fence I surrounded him with. More on that later, I'm sure. All right, have a great weekend and God bless. Um, If you haven't logged on lately, visit us at myfaithradio.com. Download the Faith Radio app. And I'm hoping you're subscribed to Mornings with Carmen as a podcast via whatever podcast service you use because that's how you get the show notes every single day. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.